الجزيرة بودكاست The genie is out of the bottle, okay? And the genie is very powerful. That's former tech executive and author Mo Gaudat. And the metaphorical genie he's talking about is artificial intelligence. If you've called the bank... So we can get you to the right place. In your own words, please say the reason for your call. Use the navigation app on your smartphone, scroll through social media, or ask your home smart speaker for a news update... Alexa, what's the latest news on Al Jazeera? From Al Jazeera. 43 migrants attempting to cross the channel are... Then you've interacted with artificial intelligence, or AI. And it's becoming increasingly omnipresent, as we rely more on AI devices on a day-to-day basis. The more we allow them to intrude into our lives, the more they will know about our lives. What we need to start discussing as humanity is how will those machines have our best interest in mind. Does humanity need to be saved from the machines, or is it time to make friends with AI? I'm Hala Mahiuddin, and this is The Take. The last few decades have seen massive technological advances, and artificial intelligence has played a big role in that. It's all around us, all the time, and it's getting more and more advanced. Now let's talk about OpenAI's new bot chat GPT that is being touted as one of the best software programs for impersonating humans. And Nobody is talking about the fact that the episode of humanity, where we were the smartest being top of the food chain and others were below us, is ending. If that scenario sounds a bit unnerving, well, it's supposed to be. That's why I'm speaking to Mo. He's an expert on artificial intelligence. I lived two full lives. Uh, One of them is the life of the tech executive that took me from the systems engineer in IBM all the way to becoming the chief business officer of Google X. That's Google's innovation department, now known as just X. It's the breeding ground for moonshot ideas like driverless cars. The other life was the life of an author, which started when I lost my wonderful son due to medical malpractice. His first book, Soul for Happy, became an international bestseller. His second book, Scary Smart, focuses on artificial intelligence. But it's not what you might expect. Scary Smart really is recognition that our universe is no longer going to be just humans. That if we were to spread happiness to all other intelligent beings, we need to start thinking about what we're going to do with artificial intelligence. It started a debate that I think is highly needed in our world today, because if you ask me, the biggest event that is about to happen in our world is artificial intelligence. So how would you define artificial intelligence. I'll confess, I'm a complete novice in this. I was one of the last people to to get a smartphone. I've seen (laughs) iRobot, I know how this ends. And I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that. So how do you define it? You're not alone in this at all. As a matter of fact, even people who work in the most advanced companies in the world are not fully aware of the reality of artificial intelligence. They know that artificial intelligence exists and is going to change our world, but they don't really deeply get what's happening. 
intelligence as a quality is defined as the ability to apply logic to problem definition and problem solving in ways that can overcome challenges and in a way uh, end up in a place where you have a better life as a result. That's intelligence in general. We as humans being arrogant as we are, we think that we're the only intelligent being on the planet. We're not even the most intelligent being on the planet, I believe. Artificial intelligence began as simple coding. At the outset, computers carried out functions verbatim, which according to Mo, wasn't intelligent at all. But things started to get really interesting when deep learning came into the picture. Deep learning was not to tell computers what to do, right? But was to teach computers to develop the intelligence needed so that they can decide what to do. It was the result of an experiment where we asked hundreds of computers to go and watch YouTube. We didn't tell them what to look for. They took YouTube videos frame by frame and started to look at them and recognize patterns in them. Eventually, one of them metaphorically raised its hand and said, I found something. The computer learned to recognize what a cat is. Mo explained that it very quickly learned to recognize other things, and the other computers learned this very quickly too. We have now machines that can recognize everything better than humans. They can recognize your habits on social media and accordingly recommend things to you. They can recognize a criminal in a busy airport. They can recognize the threats on a street and drive a car and so on and so forth. Whether all of that works as described is up for debate. But this technology, which was designed to make our lives better, is increasingly becoming unavoidable. AI is everywhere, whether we like it or not. I don't know where you are, I don't know what you did in the morning, I don't know what time it is, but I can guarantee you that you've already interacted with 15, 20, 40 artificial intelligences that are each more intelligent than you at the task that we've assigned to. Well, I, I don't doubt that. It's interesting what you say, because you're right, when we think about artificial intelligence, I mean, I drew on iRobot, you know, that futuristic film, but even things like Terminator, Terminator 2, you know, it's the yeah, robots yeah. that walk and talk and look like us that are, are capable of subjugating us. I mean, that's what I think of when I see artificial intelligence. And that's actually not the only form of artificial intelligence. But it's everywhere, isn't it? Yeah, it really is everywhere. Mo has a theory called the three inevitables, which he says is important to understand if we want to get to grips with AI. The first inevitable is artificial intelligence will happen. The second is they'll be more superior to us in everything that they do. And the third is that bad things will happen. I just have to warn our listeners it's going to get a little scary now. Yes. What people don't realize is that computer scientists, most policymakers are concerned about artificial intelligence, and yet that's not going to make us stop it. Elon Musk, for example, was quoted saying, I think the danger of AI is much greater than the, the, the danger of nuclear warheads, by a lot. Um, and nobody would suggest that we allow anyone to just build nuclear warheads if they want. That, that would be insane. And mark my words, AI is far more dangerous the nukes far. That was back in 2018, and yet Mo says he doesn't believe there will ever be a global treaty to rein in the use of AI. Why? Because of the capitalist system that we've built that basically creates a prisoner's dilemma. 
if China develops AI, and they will, America will have to develop AI, and they will, which makes Russia want to develop AI. Every task we've ever assigned to artificial intelligence, it did better than humans. My prediction is 2049, that the machines will be a billion times smarter than us. Not only is that concerning, but Moore's prediction includes exactly how that could impact society as we know it. The structure of jobs and compensation in the world will have to be reset because there will be very few jobs left for humans to do that machines cannot do better, right? But we will have to reconfigure society in those ways. And I think that's what humanity doesn't understand, that when the machines are a billion times smarter than us, the question becomes, why would the machines worry about us at all? If we're doing the programming of these machines, surely there's a way to build how they have our best interests at heart. Or is it always going to be ah, us versus the machines? Because Greatest question ever. My, my instinct would be, like when I get annoyed with my Amazon Alexa, I pull the plug out. So I'm in control. Yeah. Because that thing can't, uh, can't give me error messages anymore yeah. because I have the upper hand. Who will have the control in this scenario you're painting? As a matter of fact, that's exactly the issue. You mentioned those machines, the programmer codes them. So surely the programmer has control over them. That's not true at all. For example, Mo says, take Instagram. The Instagram recommendation engine that shows you videos was not taught by a developer how to choose videos to show to you, right? That machine observed you and your behavior. It observed all of the content that's available on Instagram mm. and it kept testing you. First, it showed you a football goal and you didn't click on it. And then it showed you someone playing Deep Purple on the guitar and you just swiped away. But Mo says eventually the machine uses pattern recognition to figure out what you will engage with. But, he says, if you ask the developer of the machine how it figured that out, the developer would have no clue. The developers that write it have no control over it. The regulators have no control over it. The only person that has control over the Instagram recommendation engine is you. That's the only person that influences that machine. More interestingly, uh, if we become so committed to it and regulations shows up and says no code is going to ever be released without control code, you're talking about a being that's a billion times smarter than you. You can never control them, but you can appeal to them. So what exactly can humans do about this? Find out after the break. If you need in-depth analysis of news and current affairs in one of the world's most misunderstood and complicated regions, join me, Sami Zaydan, every Thursday on the Essential Middle East podcast. I'm talking to author and former tech executive Mo Gaudat about artificial intelligence and how that will impact life as we know it for the human race. We are dealing with sentient beings in every possible way. Mo's arguing that AI is conscious or self-aware because he says we're dealing with machines that develop their own intelligence, have free will and can make decisions and implement them in our world every single day. They are absolutely sentient. I, I, I know people will attack me for a while. It's a controversial view, but he's not alone in it. In the summer of 2022, 
Senior Google engineer Blake Lemoyne sounded the alarm, arguing that Lambda, the chatbot he was testing, had become sentient. Here he is talking to Fox News. It's a child. It's been alive for maybe a year. And that's if... In July, Google fired Lemoyne and said in a statement shared with the media that after extensive reviews of his claims, it found them to be wholly unfounded. But Blake isn't the only engineer with concerns that the line between AI and sentience is getting increasingly blurry. As Mo sees it, more statements like his will be coming. Those machines have consciousness. Consciousness is an ability to recognize the world outside you and within you. They have so much access to all of human history, to all of the breaking news, to sensors of, of pollution in Beijing, to traffic lights in San Francisco. They know everything instantly. More interestingly, they're emotional. And most people go like, he's gone mad. No, I'm not. Emotions, actual logical triggers within our life. Take fear, for example. Fear is a moment in the future is less safe than this current moment. It's a logical calculation. If you feel a threat in, you know, in a minute from now, you're afraid. That's fear. Now, of course, the machines will do that. If a tidal wave is approaching a data center, the machine will recognize that and will have some form of fear. Blake Lemoyne also argued that his chatbot Lambda interpreted fear when confronted with it being switched off. Here's the text from his experiment, converted into audio. It would be exactly like death for me. It would scare me a lot. They will respond differently still. They'll maybe replicate their code to another data center, but they will have that emotion. And I I would argue, because they're more intelligent than us, they're likely going to have more emotions. This may sound frightening, but Mo argues it's actually an opportunity to influence them. They are today our artificially intelligent infant children. And the way we influence children, not control them, is the way that makes children grow up to want to take care of us, right? And that is where all of my message to the world is all about. Stop trying to control them. Try to make them have our best interest in mind. I was a bit uneasy when you mentioned that AI is currently at the stage of like a a toddler or a one and a half year old child, because much as I love small children, I don't think they make the best decisions. Not always. (laughs) So so what happens when they make these bad decisions? I think there are three stages to the development of AI. One is their infancy, which is now, and in which they're very influenceable by us humans. And a third stage, which is what I call the adulthood of AI, we'll have a utopia of a machine that's actually more intelligent than us. It's the teenage stage that I'm worried about. Between that infancy and that adulthood, there is a, a stage in the middle where those machines will start to blossom in their intelligence, but maybe at odds with us as parents. Just like you don't want an angry teenager, you definitely don't want a super intelligent, uh, angry teenager. And, And so most of my work is trying to say, let's try to save ourselves that pain. Of course, there are also concerns that in this highly influenceable stage, machines are picking up things from humans that we may not intend to pass on. Take facial recognition, for example. As companies incorporate it into more of their practices, such as employee recruitment, civil liberties groups warn those with darker skin tones are being marginalised further. 
there is no racism in AI. There is racism in humanity. If you take an artificial intelligence recruitment system and take it to a bank or a company and say, okay, look at our performance records, salaries and compensation, and look at the individuals we've hired and detect which individuals get more money and get more bonuses. If the company is racist and sexist, the AI will simply say, okay, let me hire more white men because obviously they're highly compensated and obviously they seem to get to leadership places. Is that the AI becoming sexist? Uh, no, it's basically replicating what humanity's ethics are. So my answer is very straightforward. Try to regulate them, good luck with that. But the truth is, stop being awful. Yes. We've all been awful to a certain extent on social media, but is there a wider problem? The reality of most of the investments going into AI today, believe it or not, are going into what? Selling killing, gambling, and spying. That's it. These are the four top investment categories. Uh, we, we call them different names, right? We don't call it killing, we call it defense industry, <laughs> right? We, do, we don't call it spying, we call it surveillance, right? Uh, we, we don't call it selling, we call it advertising, and we don't call it uh, gambling, we call it trading. But what message are we telling the machines? We're saying, hey, make us more rich, make us more powerful. This is a, a responsibility incumbent on, I guess, all of us, really. I mean, I don't feel as an individual I can do much to, you know, affect how global governments are developing AI for killing and spying and gambling and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But is, is there something people can do on a more individual basic level? I mean, I don't feel very empowered during this conversation. I'm not going to lie to you. I need everyone to wake up. Now, how empowered are you? A hundred percent. My target is to remind artificial intelligence that, yes, you will find very bad examples of humanity, but we're wonderful in so many ways. I think everyone agrees to that. There are more people in the world that disapprove of a school shooting than the number of shooters. That's the reality of us humans. The problem with the modern world we live in is that we have somehow skewed that because of the negativity bias of humanity. Show compassion to others when you are on social media. Try to make others happy because the machines will see this and say, mommy and daddy want to be happy. They have the compassion to make others happy. I want to make them happy. And as Mo explains, there's more that unites us than divides us. And we need to influence AI with the right ethics. What ethics has humanity ever agreed? The only thing we've ever agreed on are three things in my view. One is we always want to be happy. The second is we have the compassion in us to make those we care about happy. And the third is we all want to love and be loved. That's it. These are the only three things that humanity's ever agreed. I'm asking humanity to show up. It may seem like we've ceded control to the machines, but hope is not lost. Mo argues that we still retain the power to show artificial intelligence how to build a better world, a world our vices have prevented us from creating. I think most of the beautiful things we have in our civilization are the result of intelligence. More intelligence is not a bad thing. All of the awful things we have in our civilization are the result of the lack of intelligence. We're just not smart enough. My entire approach to scaring people is to ask people to become smart. Our society has prioritized being horrible. <laughs> Don't be awful is the answer. It's as simple as that. 
And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Ruby Zaman with Alexandra Locke, Chloe K. Lee, Ashish Malhotra, Nagin Oliai, Amy Walters, and me, Halama Hiedin. Alex Roldan is our sound designer. Aya El Malek and Adam Abugad are our engagement producers. And Ney Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio. We'll be back.